Welcome to Before the Business, a podcast dedicated to telling the origin stories of entrepreneurs. My name is Craig Swiston. Rebecca Hutton has a passion for establishing deeper connections between local farmers and consumers. Since 2012, Alchemy Pickle Company has been making high-quality, fermented products available to discerning customers. All of her pickles, condiments, and beverages are handcrafted and are traditionally fermented with unrefined sea salt with no vinegar added. This creates nutrient-dense living foods with complex flavors with probiotics and bioavailable nutrients. Please join me in welcoming Rebecca Hutton. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for doing this today. Before we get into your origin story, can you describe what Alchemy Pickle is and what it does? So we are a fermented food and drink processing company. Um, We've been around since 2012, and we make a variety of naturally fermented vegetables uh, with all local organic produce, and we also brew kombucha. So you say naturally fermented as opposed to what? Unnaturally fermented? So fermenting vegetables... um, uses salt to inhibit bad bacteria and it encourages good bacteria to preserve the product. And non-traditional, you know, so-called fermentation might involve uh, vinegar as a shortcut to get that uh, flavor profile. A true fermented product does not have vinegar in it. How long does it take for a vegetable product to ferment? What is the, the length of time between, you know, adding the salt, putting it in a jar and serving it? Well, it's really a matter of taste. It's all about the kind of magical combination of time and temperature with salt. So that's where the name alchemy came in, um, because we're really looking at something magical that's created from some simple ingredients such as cabbage and salt. So how did you get started fermenting vegetables? Uh, Well, it's an interesting story. Um, I've worked in many different fields, tourism, hospitality, agriculture, and I lost my job and needed to find something to do. Ended up doing some culinary training in California. From that, got very inspired about fermentation and discovered that uh, really no one was selling a fermented line of goods in, in Toronto. So I came back and used my connections with local farms and uh, farmers markets and started uh, selling at farmers markets. But why fermented vegetables? Are these family recipes? Is this something that's been passed down from generation to generation? Uh, Well, I've always been a pickle person. So um, both sides of my family um, had the cold cellar and canned goods and um, vinegar pickles. Um, So those flavor profiles have always interested me. And when I did culinary training on the West Coast, I worked in a kitchen that was following Weston Price philosophy, which if you're unfamiliar, is essentially a slow food philosophy. So everything is slow cooked bone broth, fermented foods, cultured dairy, all direct directly linked to the growers that are growing and producing the food. So I learned uh, how to ferment on on a larger scale when I was doing that training. Where did this love for pickled and fermented foods come from? I think it was just how I grew up. You know, from a very young age, I was helping to make dinner. Um, I was baking my Chinese grandmother had a a very large garden and we would help her harvest beans and pickle beans and 
eat pickled beans. I just, you know, really loved that time with my family. So it's always been something I look for. If I'm traveling, I want to find, you know, the cool food places. I want to try the, the local fruit or street food. I'm just very food motivated, I guess you could say. When you started the business in 2012, what were some of the first things that you were fermenting? I just started experimenting with anything I could get my hands on. So I started the company in August, which is, you know, the real bountiful time as far as produce goes. So I started with basics, different types of sauerkrauts, kimchi, different brined vegetables, like your traditional, you know, sour cucumbers, pickled beans, carrots, daikon radish, hot sauce, really everything I was interested in, I, I experimented with. And then over the years have refined the recipes to things that I really love and um, that our customers love. You mentioned the bounty of the food supply in August. Is there a seasonality to your business? Take me through what your business looks like on a 12-month calendar. Sure. So we do ferment year round. Um, we are fortunate to have uh, really excellent storage crops. The harvest seasons for us starts in uh, June. Uh, that's when the early greens come in. We get uh, bok choy to start making our uh, bok choy kimchi. We start getting things like baby hakari turnips and radishes. And then the early green cabbage comes in in July. Uh, August is cucumber town. We just ferment cucumbers all month long. Uh, you gotta get them while you can get them. There'll be some green beans in there. We're starting to get Napa cabbage for the kimchi, uh, the radishes, daikon. Those are coming in. Uh, we're making uh, lots and lots of sauerkraut with summer cabbages. Then more of the storage crops come in. So we've got the carrots and and daikon root. Uh, we're making fire tonic with organic horseradish. We're doing more beets, kvass, which is a beverage. And then the winter months, we are more steady with our, our sauerkraut and kimchi and hot sauce. And we get storage cabbage through April. Um, and that April is full of processing enough to last to carry us through to July when we get cabbage again. So you mentioned a kvass beverage. I've never heard that word before. Can you explain to me what the, the beet kvass is? Sure. It's a uh, savory fermented drink made from beets. It's a very concentrated, tangy beet flavor. I like to think of it as like a snack that's a drink. It's also used commonly as an ingredient in borscht. So it's a very strong beet flavor, tangy beverage. So let's go back to when you started the business. What were some of the first things that you did that put you on the path towards success? When I started, I was very fortunate to be accepted into a program in Ontario, uh, which was called the Self-Employed Business Program, which was a nine-month program that helped people start businesses. So it was uh, classes on um, accounting, uh, it was accountability, you know, get your website started, get your finances in order, figure out how to do, you know, cash flow sheets and how to get into stores. Um, and so that really helped me uh, launch 
a lot faster than I would have had I done that on my own. But when I started the business, there was no question that it was going to, would it be a business? It was, I started it to sell fermented vegetables and, and drinks. And I did that right from the beginning. So this wasn't a hobby that turned into a business. This was something that you set out to do, something you set out to build? Yep. Yep. I did lots of market research to see what was in the area. I already had all of a lot of the uh, the farmer connections. I already knew how to work in a kitchen. I've worked in hospitality for 15, 20 years. Yeah, there was there was no question in my mind that I would, you know, would I be able to do that? Is there anything that you know now that you wish you had known 10 years ago when you started the business? Uh, it was very hard to find kitchen space. Um, and I was really fortunate to find a space in a shared kitchen at the Depeneur in Toronto, which, which really, really helped me get started. Um, kitchen space was very hard to find at the time. And then I eventually built my own kitchen because I really needed to be in control of uh, the environment because of the nature of fermentation. I needed to be able to control the temperature uh, so that my ferments would be fermenting um, optimally. And I needed more refrigeration space. So I really just had to take the leap and, and build a kitchen for myself. I guess one regret I do have was I, I felt I needed to share the kitchen with another business because I couldn't afford the rent, um, which that ended up being quite painful. So I probably would have, you know, would I would not do that again. So here's a question I've never asked anybody before. What came first, the fermented vegetables or the kombucha? I think my focus has always been the vegetables, but I was making kombucha from the beginning. That also was something I was introduced to um, during my culinary training on the West Coast. Uh, there was only one kombucha company in Ontario at the time, which is hard to believe now that there's 50 or so. And I, I discovered at the farmer's market that it was really great to have beverages and ferments because if people weren't interested in pickles, then they would be interested in kombucha or vice versa. It, it was nice to have that array of products for people to choose from. Ten years ago, it didn't seem like anybody knew what kombucha was, and now you seem to see it everywhere. Can you describe how to make kombucha? Sure. So kombucha is a cultured tea. So we're adding a culture. It's also called a SCOBY, a symbiotic community of bacteria and yeast. So the SCOBY is feeding on tea and sugar, and it's giving us probiotics and natural carbonation and tangy flavor through the lactic acid bacteria that it's uh, adding to the beverage. The product is a lightly carbonated, um, mild, tangy tea beverage that we flavor with organic juices and other herbs and spices. Is there an Alchemy Pickle signature kombucha flavor? It would, there would be two options, I would say. Um, the jasmine sour cherry is probably our most popular flavor because it's pink. It's jasmine tea and cherry is, is a real popular one for many people. We also make a caffeine-free tea base, which is nettle and chamomile. So the, the flavor that we have year-round is pear and ginger with nettle and chamomile. And a lot of people really like that there's a caffeine-free option because there are not many caffeine-free kombuchas out there. 
Where does the caffeine come from in the kombucha? It comes from the tea. So most kombucha is made with black tea or a black and green tea mix. Our kombucha is just made with green tea. So it's a little lighter in profile and lighter in caffeine. So jumping back to vegetables for a second, what would your top sellers be? It sometimes surprises me, but our classic sauerkraut is one of the top sellers. It's just cabbage and salt. It's a straight up, you know, goes with everything product. The flavor of the cabbage really shines through. Um, We're so lucky to have such great growers that we can get cabbage from um, pretty much year round. And our kimchi sells really well as well. So when I grew up, my grandmother used to put a bunch of ingredients in an earthenware jar, put it under the stairs for a couple of months. I mean, it was delicious, but I, I hope you're doing something a little safer than that. Yes. We ferment in uh, stainless steel fermenters that are used in the wine industry. Um, so they're 200 liter stainless steel tanks. You mentioned taking great pride in the ingredients that you put into your products and the relationship that you've built with local farmers. Can you maybe just spend a minute talking about that? I've always really believed in supporting the local economy. We had great relationships with these farmers uh, before I started the business, just as a, a person who likes to shop local, I like to shop at the farmer's market. I already knew a lot of these farmers and really believe in what they're doing. Um, I think organic local agriculture is super important for our environment and being able to see you know, how incredible these farmers are. Farming is, is, a, is an incredible feat as far as I'm concerned. So how can people find your products? So we have about 55 wholesale accounts um, in the GTA and just beyond. And then there are some home delivery companies like Mama Earth Organics, which has really grown over the last couple of years. So how do people stay in touch with you and follow you online? We're on Instagram at Alchemy Pickle, and our website is alchemypicklecompany.ca. Well, thanks, Rebecca. It's been great getting to learn a little bit more about you and your business. Great. Thank you so much. If you like listening to the origin stories of entrepreneurs, please continue to rate, review, and share the podcast with your family and friends. For more origin stories, check out the full collection at beforethebusiness.com.